This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. An impending indictment of Donald Trump. It breaks my heart. How do you feel? This is horrifying. This is insane. I'm worried. I'm worried for him. I'm worried for us. I'm worried for the country. God save President Trump. I didn't know what else to say. You know, over the weekend, I was so confused by the reports. Could this really be happening? God save President Trump. He does not deserve this. We do not deserve this. The country does not deserve this. I hope God protects him and thwarts his enemies. I know some people say this is going to help Donald Trump. And God, he does have a knack for turning bleak, horrible moments into something amazing. And that could happen. Very much so. Reminds me, though, a little bit of August 8th, 2022, when the FBI went into Mar-a-Lago. Remember that? The haters of Trump are destroying this country. Their hatred is that intense. By the way, since then, we found out Joe Biden was actually guilty of what they're accusing falsely of Donald Trump of having done. The left is out to destroy this country. And why wouldn't they? I mean, they believe it's systemically racist, a haven of white supremacy. And they want to throw it all away. The people do not understand Donald Trump. But we do. We do. The political elites, the ruling class, the swamp, the deep state, they do not know this man. Even some people who claim to have been friends with him at one point do not know this man. He only profits and does well in chaos and turmoil. The chaos and turmoil is brought by these people, the swamp. Absolutely. He's not about chaos and turmoil. You know what he's about? ideas and presenting them to the American people like he did in 2016. Remember, it was a very simple campaign. He decided and the political class was laughing at him. I'm going to have a series of rallies. I'm going to go out there and talk directly to the American people and I'm going to do it in my own way. They rolled their eyes. They laughed. But this worked and it was simple. It was direct. He didn't need gimmicks. He did not need tricks. It reminds me a little bit of Truman. Harry Truman. Yeah, Harry Truman. Dewey defeats Truman. Do you remember what uh, they used to say to Harry? Give him hell, Harry. Right? And what did he say in return? I don't give them hell. I just tell the truth about them and they think it's hell. Doesn't that kind of remind you of Donald Trump? Just a bit. All right. To the matter at hand, this indictment, it centers on this guy, Cohen. I'll get into the merits or demerits of the case in a moment. But a big source of the problem is this guy right here. He loves attention. You can tell. I mean, he's feasting on it. This is what motivates him. And for a long time, sorry to say, 
He was just basically a, a schlubby guy, and nobody paid any attention to him. This is his moment. Uh, here we are back in 2014. You see that guy? I, I'm the one with the sunglasses on. The guy over there in the middle, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's Michael Cohen, and that's Eric Trump on the left. It was a charity walk over the Brooklyn Bridge. It was a nice event, and I'm glad Michael participated. But that's when I realized he's not in touch with reality. This man had delusions of grandeur, and he never should have been around Trump. That's a problem. You got to remember this, though. Forget the Stormy Daniels stuff, all right? This man was desperate to keep himself out of trouble and out of jail for a significant period of time because he did some really bad things. Number one, tax evasion. And let's go through it. They're serious. This is not small amounts of money. A $100,000 payment received in 2014 for brokering the sale of a piece of property in a private aviation community in Ocala, Florida. He didn't declare it. Next, please. Approximately $30,000 in profit made in 2014 for brokering the sale of a Birkin bag, a highly coveted French handbag that can sell up to $300,000. Next, what else? More than $200,000 in consulting income earned in 2016 from an assisted living company purportedly for Cohen's consulting on real estate and other projects. All told, this is from the U.S. attorney. He pleaded guilty to this stuff. Cohen failed to report more than $4 million in income, resulting in the avoidance of taxes of more than $1.4 million due to the IRS. That's a big problem. They found it, and they applied so much pressure. Give us something on Trump, anything on Trump. He was so desperate to stay out of jail. I, can, I don't blame him, really. Uh, his former lawyer. You think a guy whose mindset right at that moment is a lie, cheat, steal, shoot somebody, whatever it takes, I'm not going to jail. Well, he went to jail and now he's on the revenge tour. I understand it, but I don't condone it. And that's why I went in there today to tell these people the truth about who the real Michael Cohen is and what he was actually saying at that moment in time. Yeah, what he was saying to this man and he was way from his uh, uh, client attorney uh, privilege. Uh, because, well, Michael Cohen gave him permission a while back to help on a book. Take a look at these quotes from the fixers. One thing I can tell you is that I'm never going to spend one day in jail. Never. I will do whatever the F I have to do, but I will never spend one day in jail, Cole told them, the lawyers, including Costello. Next, please. I swear to God, Bob, there's nothing that I did with the Trump organization and nothing I did in the past that violated the law, Cohen said. Not the first time Costello's been lied to. Costello told Cohen that the pressure he was feeling was by design. The FBI and federal prosecutors wanted him to believe he had no other option but to cooperate. And he did. And he sold out himself and his former friend and hurt a lot of people. Anyway, more on the demerits of this uh, Stormy Daniels thing in the next block. But I want to point this out. Yesterday on the Sunday shows, all this stuff about the um, pending indictment dominated. Uh, look at that. 150 mentions of Trump, just 35 of Joe Biden. But there should have been a lot more about Joe Biden. In fact, all these shows, they should be doing specials. They should be having hearings. I mean, maybe even, well, you could figure out what kind of hearings I might like to see. But Joe Biden, his family, the $3 million transferred from China, from that energy company in China, to a pass-through account, and all that money 
hitting Hunter Biden's account, James Biden, Joe's brother, and Haley Biden. It is totally crazy. And it's happening. It's a big, big, big deal. And those Sunday shows I was just talking about are in the rest of the press. Let's go through it, please. Biden, China, cash, zero mentions on Meet the Press, zero. Uh, this is the This Week with uh, whoever the hell's hosting it this time, zero mentions. Next, please. Uh, face the nation or deface the nation, as it's sometimes called. Zero mentions of this very important story. State of the Union, that telethon of a show on CNN, zero mentions. Now, that brings us to our friends at Fox. I'm Mike Emanuel, in for Shannon Bream. Russia takes down an American drone as China tries to chip away at America's superpower status. Yeah, Fox News is going to at least address this. They let us down before, and they're letting us down now. This show, uh, it's an hour long. It came up at the very, very, very end. They had to meet this reporter. They had to meet that Democrat senator and this guy and that guy and the spokesman. And, and then during the chit-chat at the very end of the show, there's former Congressman Jason Chaffetz. At 10.51, he manages to get a word in, all right, eight seconds on the Biden situation. Go! Meanwhile, the Bidens are taking millions out of China, and nobody says a word. Nobody goes after that. Hey, good for him. And then it was basically all Juan Williams, nice guy, but <laughs> trying to shut him down and yell and scream. That nobody even pays and attention you have any to that. Evidence, put it on we, the table. Oh, There's no evidence. There is a Biden's lot of evidence for that. Money out of there China. are bank statements and oh, transactions. Look, this week, uh, Jim Comer at the House said, "Oh yeah, here's this bank statement that went to Joe Biden's uh, former. I think it was yeah, his, Biden's his daughter-in-law daughter is right. in a school council. You see what's happening here? The liberal is talking more, and whenever the congressman, former congressman, talks, he gets talked over. So eight seconds, eight seconds on the Fox News Sunday show. And why is it important? Well, Joe Biden just might be compromised. And at the very least, we know that Joe Biden, well, he lied. It's amazing what's going on right now. Donald Trump writes a check with his own money for a hundred and what is it? Thirty thousand dollars to Michael Cohen pays his own lawyer, his own money. He's in trouble. Joe Biden gets $3 million, his family, in that pass-through account, right? Look it up. It happened. And he's not a word about it. This is insanity. And yes, he did lie to the American people again. I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe, and your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10 percent to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know. Maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10 percent to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. I have not had a, The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. How dare he lie to us again like that? How dare he talk to us like that again? Defense team, defense lawyers from Hunter Biden said, acknowledged, 
last week that, yep, there's money here. Hunter Biden sought a joint venture with a privately owned legitimate energy company in China. Yeah, legitimate. Hunter received his portion of good faith seed funds, which he shared with his uncle, James Biden, Joe's brother, and Haley Biden. Uh, the accounts so dramatically listed by Representative Comer belong to Hunter, his uncle, and Haley, and nobody else. But I thought nobody made, nobody made money except Donald Trump, right? Nobody made money. No, Haley made money. Hunter made money. Uh, Jim, your brother, and most likely you, let's face it, all right? And your body language on the denial. This is priceless. When Trump says what he says about China, watch what happens. I don't make money from China. You do. <laughs> uh, I think that was a legit reaction. You can go your whole life when you're a very important person and people actually don't speak the truth to your face, huh? I could get used to this a lot, seeing Joe exposed to the truth. All right, when we come up, I'm going to debunk the Stormy Daniels allegations. They are nonsense, especially also the idea that these two uh, had a thing uh, 17 years ago. That's not true. Also, the maniac prosecutor who's hassling not only Donald Trump, but the United States of America. More on him. A lot more on him. Be right back. I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Miss Lewinsky, oh boy, you did, and it was right in the Oval Office. We all found out, ultimately, uh, but the swamp, they essentially are the deep state. They always stayed on this guy's side. It's amazing what he did in the Oval Office. President Trump, the allegations about President Trump and this woman, Stormy Daniels, go back to 2006, 11 years before he set foot in the Oval Office. And oh, by the way, these two... They did not hook up. More on that in a moment. I have heard people erroneously say that he went to a pornography convention. Not true. It was a celebrity golf tournament in Tahoe. Who else was there? These guys, A-list celebrities, okay? Uh, he was not the only one, not by a long shot, all right? So Stormy Daniels, well, I think she still is a porn star. And unfortunately, some of them, not all, but some of them are of questionable character. Some, like in any industry. And she hooked up with Mr. Avenatti. Remember him? Remember these two? Together, they made quite the pair of grifters. Now, I knew that she was lying when she appeared on 60 Minutes and said this. I felt intimidated and honestly bullied. And I didn't know what to do. And so I signed it, even though I had repeatedly expressed that I wouldn't break the agreement, but I was not comfortable lying. How do we know you're telling the truth? Because uh, I have no reason to lie. No reason to lie? How about a million reasons to lie? Or at least, uh, well, right after this came the Stormy Daniel perfume, the Stormy Daniel cocktail, the Stormy Daniel life story in book form, and of course, Stormy Daniel films and Stormy Daniel strip club appearances where she's promoted as the president's 
mistress. So I think there are a lot of reasons to lie. And also the language she used, right? Oh, I was bullied. Oh, I didn't know what to do. This is a woman who's savvy. She knows what's up, okay? My impression, at least. Can I see them together one more time, President Trump and Stormy Daniels? So it's 2016, and you are on the verge, potentially, of being elected president. And this person comes forward. They're going to tell a story. They got a picture. You know they can make news. Hell, they make up stuff about Trump, about people he's never met before. He's met her. She can say anything. If $130,000 makes that go away and you're a billionaire, why not sign the check? And can I see that check? All right. This is a check from his pocket. It was his money to his lawyer. You're allowed to do that in America. I don't believe her. This was his money. But the swamp, that's... Uh, they just, they think that we're going to be horrified by the porn star aspect of this. Um, America has grown up, all right? We have. We, we you know, we, we, we know what's going on. There's a guy named Mike Pomerantz. He is a vindictive, nasty lawyer who makes it his passion to go after Trump. He volunteered for the district attorney and came up with literally crazy ideas on how to make this into a criminal case. His book. I thought that the hush money could be charged as the proceeds of Clifford's extortion of Donald Trump. Admittedly, this was a somewhat awkward construct. Step one would be to prove that Trump was, in effect, a blackmail victim. This is astonishing. All right. So what this guy is trying to say, let's say I'm held up. Somebody tries to mug me. Give me your money. Give me your wallet. And I give them my wallet. I give them. I say, here it is. They're trying to say that I am facilitating the crime. Therefore, I am committing a crime. I'm committing a crime by giving the money. That's a crime, but the money is changing. That actually seals it, and I'm guilty. It's insane, but they're actually going with this. No appellate court in New York had ever upheld or rejected this interpretation of the law. <laughs> you think? Because it's incredibly stupid. Next. The unspoken concern of some of the office's old timers that I did not know New York criminal law, that I was too aggressive and that I was looking for a quick kill that might not hold up in court. There you go. There's some honest self-reflection. Um, he thinks that nobody actually reads these books. People read these books. Anyway, that's where we are. I still have a feeling this thing might not happen. All right. Number one, take a look at this. They try to say, oh, we caught Trump in a lie. No, you didn't. Now, granted, this is one of those occasions, if you tell the truth carefully enough, you don't have to lie. Uh, he actually did not know about the proceeds going from Michael Cohen, how they went to Michael Cohen, to uh, Michael Cohen's lawyer, and then uh, Stormy Daniels. He did not know that, and I think that's what he was seizing on. But how did Michael Cohen come up with the money? That's actually on Michael Cohen, because he got money, <laughs> he paid before Trump paid him. Watch this. 
Do you have now, any evidence that he did not pay off Stormy Daniels on behalf of Mr. Trump? Well, here's That's what he the did. heart of it. Yeah, the heart of it is that Michael Cohn told us that he was approached by Stormy Daniels' lawyer, and Stormy Daniels had negative information that she wanted to put in a lawsuit against Trump. So Michael Cohn decided on his own, that's what he told us, on his own, to see if he could take care of this. So he sat with the lawyer for Stormy Daniels. They negotiated a non-disclosure agreement for $130,000. So I said, Michael, where did you get the $130,000? Is that Trump's money? No, it's not. Well, where did you get it? Did you take it out of your own account? No. How, again, how did you get it? I took out a HELOC loan for $130,000. I said, why would you do that? He said, because I wanted to keep this secret, even secret from my own wife. He said, if I took $130,000 out of my account, she'd know right away, and I'd have to tell her what's going on. I didn't want Melania to know. I didn't want my wife to know. A HELOC loan? I don't think Trump knew about that either. If you listen to the tape, it's obvious that Michael Cohen wants to be not a hero, but he wants to be important. He wants to be he wants to be relevant. So this uh, stormy thing with President Trump is obviously nonsense. But crazy radical prosecutors like Alvin Bragg sense an opportunity. I don't know what he senses because this guy is, I do believe, insane. Uh, on day one, he becomes a district attorney of New York. How? More on that in a second. It's totally eight people voted for the guy. His day one memo says resisting arrest is no longer uh, chargeable. We're not going to charge people with resisting arrest, and you will not go to jail for it. Next, um, you don't have to pay to ride the subway. We have a subway system here. Anybody who jumps the turnstile, uh, no one should be arrested for that. Nobody goes to jail for that. The thing is, we still have a law that you have to pay for the train. And this guy just says, no, we don't anymore. Uh, what else? Uh, there are so many crazy things. But, oh, this man who trashed a McDonald's with an axe and threatened people. Well, technically, the axe never landed on anybody. So since that's an attempted assault... No jail. And the man who went on that rampage that you can all see was out three hours later giving interviews to the media. Um, you should know, on behalf of New York, we don't, we're not all like this. This is not as a liberal and progressive and crazy a city as you might think. There are 8.1 million people who live in New York City. How many people voted for the district attorney, Alvin Bragg? Take a guess. There you go. There's your answer. 85,720. That made him the primary winner. And when was the primary? The last day of school in June. The last day of school in June. This is rigged so nobody shows up. This is not democracy. And this guy, um, Bragg, he tells crazy stories. I mean, this was his big talking point, that uh, he was the victim of gun violence, both from the police and in the hood where he grew up. Check it out. I understand these issues well, personally, from all angles. Growing up in Harlem, I had a gun pointed at me six times, three by the NYPD during lawless searches and three by people who were not police officers. As a result of those early experiences, I've dedicated my entire career, 20 plus years, to fighting both for public safety and fairness. All right. A gun was pulled on him uh, six times, he said. And he, I heard that a lot in the campaign. Boom, 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 boom. Nobody ever asked him about it until after he got became DA. 
Watch what happens here when he's actually asked to, you know, tell us what happened in those moments. Uh, so uh, the first time I was, uh, I think chronological, the first time I was, I was leaving a um, party in a housing development. Uh, um, actually, no, I, was, I was leaving a party and going to one, and then uh, some of a semi-automatic weapon uh, at the door because there was a, 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 a situation developing between two groups of people. It was obviously beyond unfortunate. Uh, and terrifying. Of, yeah, terrifying. Terrifying. Right. Ninth grade kid, 14, 15 years old. Max. So where was this? This was this was right here in the village of Harlem. Like, like where um, this was uh, in the in the one um, one one twenties. The, the such a searing experience. To, He's uh, remembers every little detail. Again, I may be going out of sequence, but in 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 college. Um, uh, on uh, 110th and, and Broadway, uh, I believe it might have been a New Year's New Year's Eve. Yeah, I don't buy it, quite frankly. Patrons, I don't. Um, and uh, 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 or he's over dramatizing uh, something, Joe Biden style. Joe Biden style. That's what he's doing. He a little bit more. Because of, of, of uh, threats to the home, uh, and then it you know, kind of fell into the wrong hands of someone in the home. Uh, a friend of mine getting the gun and sort of pointing. <laughs> all right, I know we're being I know we're being snowed. All right, it's obvious. Now, who made this guy the DA? George Soros. George Soros played a pivotal role in getting so many lunatic anti-American district attorneys into office. Um, a great big chunk of money went from him to an organization that he controls to that candidate. His Republican opponent called it out during the debate. Why are you focused on George Soros? I'm, I'm a little confused why you mentioned him twice. The reality is, you know, Alvin Bragg is not, his movement is not a grassroots movement born in Harlem churches. It is a movement that is sweeping across the country. Look at San Francisco, look at LA, look at Chicago, look at Philadelphia. And the fundamental basis of it is that the American system, as far as the people who support Alvin Bragg believe, is systemically racist and unjust. And the best way to undermine a system that you believe is unjust is to undermine law and order. Go back thousands of years of human history. You can't find a system that, that isn't based on law and order. George Soros has pledged him a million dollars through the Color of Change organization. That's a fact. Thomas Kenneth, uh, the Republican uh, nominee. Republicans don't have much of a chance, unfortunately, in New York County. Uh, what else about uh, Alvin Bragg real quick? Jose Alba, you remember this, the store clerk who defended himself uh, during a robbery uh, and uh, stabbed his attacker? Uh, well, he was charged with murder. Alba wanted that poor guy to go to jail. Charges had to be dropped after the community went crazy. And Lee Zeldin made Mr. Bragg a point of contention in the campaign, as is his right and what did Bragg do? He said it was racism. Number one, here's what Mr. Zeldin said. Kathy Hochul says that we should be cutting Alvin Bragg some slack, that he just got there and he's doing his job. I say to Kathy Hochul that she should fire Alvin Bragg today. All right. A lot of people are saying fire Alvin Bragg today. I'll say it right now. Fire Alvin Bragg today. What did Alvin Bragg say about this totally legitimate campaign spot? How do you react to that? What are you thinking about? Look, in the, in the political arena, you know, particularly, you know, Lee Zeldin, you look at you look at his ads and I think I was the only black face in it, sort of a throwback to sort of a Willie Horton era and, and completely divorced from the facts.
<laughs> Willie Horton. You can't show. He's talking about your policies. You're the man behind the policies. Can't show it unless that makes you a racist. It's insane. That's the world we live in. Oh, by the way, uh, Soros didn't give him all the money he promised. He promised a half million, but only gave him a million. Yes, yeah, Soros cut the donation by a half because after a disturbing allegation was made against him by an unnamed woman. That's from the Daily Mail. Details are scant, but uh, he didn't get the million dollars he was promised by George Soros. Don't have the full story, but this man, it is insane that he is waging this case against our president, Donald Trump. Our system is hideously, hideously broken. We're in trouble. Long term, I'm optimistic, but right now it doesn't feel good. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey guys, it's Carson. The madness was upon us. Make your march a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online at mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Use the promo code Newsmax to receive a deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance to win big money. If you're the type of person who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at a life-changing amount of money. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like MyBookie. Remember, visit MyBookie online at mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Use the promo code Newsmax to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Totally amazing, isn't it? We now know millions and millions of dollars went from China, company in China, controlled by the Communist Party to the Bidens through a pass-through company. Now, we we actually knew that, but now it's been confirmed by the government, all right? I mean, it's been confirmed by the Oversight Committee and very, very specific. And I think it's groundbreaking, shocking information, at least it should be, the mainstream media totally and completely blowing it off, blowing it off. I don't, I mean... I don't know. Can they can they get away? Does it not happen if they pretend it didn't? Eric Ad Eggers. Eric Eggers joins us, vice president from the Government Accountability Institute, co-host of the Drill Down podcast with Peter Schweitzer. Uh, Eric, welcome back. Um, I am worried that the media's lack of interest means this story is potentially in jeopardy. Are my fears well placed? Uh, does the committee have this thing down? Uh, I don't think your fears are well placed. I'll, I'll try to be reassuring for you tonight, Greg. Um, I mean, it is, I think, fair to ask the question, how many Bidens have to be on the take from the Chinese for the media to pay attention? Um, we already have the son of the president that we know is doing it. And as you now know, because of the work of the House Oversight Committee, we know uh, at least four, maybe more, are taking tens of millions of dollars from the Chinese government. We've long known 
that the Biden family has taken up to $31 million in business deals connected to the Chinese military and the espionage apparatus. The reason why I don't think you should be concerned is because they have, as the kids say, receipts now. They've got bank records. They've got subpoena power. They can go through the financial transactions, and they can document the money tree from Beijing to the Biden bank accounts. And so eventually, even if the media doesn't pay attention, investigators will. And then what? Because I see some of the um, correspondence, not the correspondence, but the postings, the press releases from the committee, and they're all about, well, this is about future legislation. I mean, I want accountability. This stuff is this stuff is wrong. And the other side, it seems like, will just deny it or ignore it. And that got Joe Biden this far. Why wouldn't they take him all the way? No, it's a great point. Um, you know, obviously, Joe Biden's been elected president. We've been reporting at the Government Accountability Institute on Hunter Biden's shady Chinese business dealings since 2018. And as you noted, it didn't cost Joe Biden an election. Quite the opposite happened. Uh, and now Hunter Biden is, you know, a famous artist. So it hasn't seemed to hurt his international appeal. I guess what I would say is the Republicans in the House have only been in charge for a couple of months. And look what they've found so far. Mm -hmm. So to me, I'm actually encouraged by the fact that everything that we've said, hey, there's a lot of smoke here. The Republicans are now able to document, no, here's where the fire is. We have money going from uh, the husband of Jill Biden's former assistant, and he's paying various Biden family members like James, like Hunter, and other people in the Biden family circle. I mean, it's very much like the mafia. It's not like they're doing business with Lloyds of London. They're just doing business with each other without the actual international pedigree. And so I think it just, to me, warrants further inquiry, further investigation, and we'll see what they find. Eric Eggers, I'm glad we talked from the Government Accountability Institute. <laughs> Please check out thedrilldown.com, thedrilldown.com. He and Peter Schweitzer, it's a great team. Thank you, sir, and we'll be right back. You're looking live at Congressman Greg Stubbe, Republican of Florida, and he's back on duty healthy and we're so relieved because a couple of months ago he took a terrible tumble off the roof of his house several serious injuries uh but he's back lots to talk about but first congressman uh really good to see you sorry about what happened on that roof what were you doing up there i was actually on an extension ladder trimming an oak tree you know we had in my district hurricane ian come through so i was about 25 feet up and the limb broke free Hit me off the extension ladder and uh, with a chainsaw in my hand, fell down about 25 feet and had a concussion, tore the ligaments in my neck, had a huge contusion in my lungs and broke my pelvis. But I'm glad to be back in the fight. Absolutely. Man, that's a, and, you know, you're obviously you're in great shape. That probably helped a lot. Um, and oh, by the way, there's something different about you. I guess it's the beard. Yeah, everybody thinks I lost weight, but I've lost the beard. Uh, so uh we're a little bit of debate whether to bring the beard back or not, but um, it was tough with the neck collar to have a beard, so um, we, we went the clean-shaven look. And according to Twitter, I've, I've lost about 15 years on my age. So. <laughs> okay. Well, looking good. Glad you're back on duty. Uh, by the way, you're on that important subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. Can I get your reaction to the weaponization of the local government? It looks like there's a, an indictment that's about to go down on President Trump, right. local prosecutor up here in New York. It's uh, outrageous. Please, uh, what do you think? 
Well, it's just insane how far we've come in a short period of time under this woke agenda and progressivism and the politicization and weaponization of our law enforcement and our legal system. And it started with Russia, Russia, Russia and the collusion uh, hoax that we was perpetrated as a fraud upon the American people and all the different things that they've gone after Trump. And now this they are going to trump up. Uh, no pun intended, charges from seven years ago, which aren't really, there wasn't, even if you agree with the allegations as being true, there's not really a crime uh, that was committed. And this is 100% using and weaponizing a legal system to politically go after their enemies. And, and I would pause the American people on how far we've come to allow something like this happen uh, on American soil. And it, it, of course, it's New York. So that type of thing is, is very far left progressive Democrat. You wouldn't see something like that happen in the state of Florida, uh, where we have a real justice system. But to see these type of things happen and the weaponization to use for political purposes is beyond the pale. Yeah, it really is. Listen, uh, I heard Speaker McCarthy say, well, he's going to investigate and possibly see if there are federal funds going to this office. Is there anything that can be done at the federal level that you know of? I mean, it sounds like he's on his own. Yeah, so Jordan has talked about, yeah, Jordan's talked about bringing this DA in uh, before the committee and start asking questions about all of these different trumped up charges and the the facts and evidence that support it and how uh, baseless all these accusations are. Um, So there are some things that we can do, and I know that they're looking into that. Jim said today that they're going to bring that DA in or bring some of those people in and and have them testify. I think working your way up to the top is a good idea and do some depositions on some of these individuals, put them under oath as to the evidence that they're collecting and how they think that any of this supports a charge. Uh, I think it's a real good use of the ability of the, the federal government. Thank God that we have the House to be able to use the oversight authority of the House to do these type of investigations. If they carry through with this, though, I mean, what what do they try next? It's kind of it's scary. I mean, I really you know, I kind of feel like I did after August 8th. Remember when the FBI went into Mar-a-Lago? What's next? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply concerned. I am, too. And, and like, where do they stop? And I think they're so uh, reckless and they're so desperate because they know that the American people don't support their leftist progressive agenda. Um, Again, you're not going to see it in places like Florida at the state level, but you're seeing the federal government use this. And thankfully, we have a Republican House that, hey, if we don't like what the FBI is doing, we can defund the programs that are going on there. Now, we can't do it until October because we had Republicans in the Senate that went with Democrats to fund this omnibus. But come October, guess what? We're in charge of the budget process and we can determine the appropriations for these different things. And I think we use the power of the appropriations process to achieve policy objectives. And we've got to do that. And I think we have a speaker that is willing to do that. We know that we have committee chairmen like Jim Jordan, other members like myself who are much willing to, to fight that fight and take that to the American people because the American people see through this. I don't care what their party affiliation is. They know that investigating and going after Trump on these ridiculous charges is completely politicized. And uh, even independents and Democrats agree with the fact that this isn't the way that the American justice system should work. So you're an Iraq war veteran. 20 years ago, basically right about now, the invasion was happening. And there you are. I believe this is uh, you were there 2006, 2007. Hey, what are your thoughts all these years later? Um, You know, no weapons of mass destruction, like we were told by the Bush administration. And, you know, looking back 20 years later, what do we get out of it? 
I don't think we got anything out of it. We got a lot of grief and a lot of problems. Uh, 20 years later, what are, you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I agree with you, and thank you for your service. And um, yeah, same thing with Afghanistan. You know, I've got a guy in my church that's half his unit has committed suicide. They served in Afghanistan. They were in a tough area. They served in Iraq uh, during some of the worst parts of the war. And uh, we've got a lot of hurt soldiers, but not a lot to, to show for it. And one of the things, like, uh, the reasons why I haven't supported the things going on in the funding for Ukraine is what is our mission and purpose there? And that was one of the things we struggled with over there. We had a mission purpose when we were there, and we went out every day and did our job like uh, we were told to do. But now as you look back, what did we accomplish uh, during our time there? And it's uh, pretty disheartening to see that we've pulled out of these places and that we don't really have anything to show for it. Yeah. And my heart goes out to the veterans that have served. And it's one of the reasons why I have my Veteran True Choice Bill to help veterans who have service-connected disabilities to be able to get TRICARE and go anywhere they need to get the health care that they deserve. Hey, as we say goodnight, uh, Daryl Woody is an Amazon driver who was right there while you were on that big, tall ladder. And I think we have a picture uh, there. Oh, wow. So what happened? Tell us real quick. Uh, what was he able to do for you? So God put Daryl there right at the moment in time when he needed to be standing in front of my front gate. He literally witnessed everything that occurred. He heard the chainsaw going. He heard the limb break free. He saw me busted down. Uh, it hit the ladder. I got ejected up into the air. And uh, through God's grace, he was able to call the emergency, call 911, get me in an ambulance, get me out of there. And uh, all the little things that came into place that day that God put his hand all over that. And uh, I thank God for that and the blessing that I'm still here and and almost fully healed. Just still have a little bit of rehab left to do on the pelvis. But to fall 25 feet from a ladder and to be here standing before you today and and talking is a blessing. It's awesome. It's awesome. And hey, next time, let's uh, let's hire a tree guy to take care of that stuff. OK, yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, well, I'll have you pay for it because we can't <laughs> afford that kind of prices. But uh, absolutely. All right. Greg Stuvey, Congressman, uh, Republican of Florida, the 17th District. We appreciate it so much. And we'll be right back. Major new developments involving former President Donald J. Trump. Trump saying today he expects to be arrested on Tuesday. We're about to see potentially, at least according to the former president himself, an indictment of a former president hasn't happened in our history. Trump has claimed he will be arrested tomorrow in the Manhattan District Attorney's investigation. Former President Trump claims he's going to be indicted tomorrow in Manhattan. All weekend long, it's like Trump came up with this crazy theory that he might be indicted. Where would he have gotten such a crazy theory? Well, the New York Times reported prosecutors signal criminal charges for Trump are likely published on March 9th. That is, uh, that's 10 days ago, right? So where would he have gotten a crazy idea like that? And they do seem to be moving in this direction, although there's still a chance it doesn't happen. Now, you know that Donald Trump is uh, being opposed for the Republican nomination. Uh, Nikki Haley is in there. Uh, Vivek Ramatswamy is in there. And Chris Sununu, the Republican governor of New Hampshire, wants to get in there. Oh, boy, does he want to get in there. Are you, are you any closer to making a decision about whether or not you're going to run for president than last time I asked? 
Well, I guess we're, we're a few days closer, right? I, I know I probably, you know, all of us have to make some sort of decision uh, as we hit the summer months. Uh, I, I'd love to be in a debate if, if we actually go down that path. I just think that'd be really fun to kind of get on stage with some of my friends and, and really have it out and talk about real issues, not just headlines and political stunts and all that, and kind of put each other on the line. Uh, is he running for president of his Boy Scouts troop? I'm going to be up there with my friends. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, all right, we'll see what happens, Governor Sununu. We'll be right back. If you want to know more about that crazy DA who's hassling Donald Trump, I've got a chapter about him in my book, Justice for All. Available everywhere. Thank you, and I'll see you tomorrow.